craft beer enthusiasts, and welcome back to Volume 6 of Craft Beer Chronicles. Yes, I'm calling it Volume now because I realize that when I'm uploading the Podbean and iTunes that I say Volume, and then I'm recording and saying Episode. So just to keep everything kind of coherent and succinct, I'm, they're now Volume. So now that I got that out of the way, uh, I'm your host. Thanks, I'm your, one of your hosts, Shane. And to my left is my lovely and supple co-host, Lee Samway. Say hi to the people, Lee. Hey, Shane, how you doing? Hey, guys, how you doing today? Not just Shane. Thanks for being so specific about well, what we're going to call this. Uh, I want, you know, I, I want everything to flow, man. I want everyone to be, I want to just be all the same. I'm trying to be professional. You don't want to have any confusion. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> well, with us today, we have uh, Matt Dolman here. Go ahead and say hi, Matt. Hi, how you guys doing? Um, Matt and has too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Matt yeah. has a very long and storied list of titles. Uh, Matt is here to help promote the upcoming Central Coast Craft Beer Week that is taking place in Atascadero in Sunken Gardens, correct? That's absolutely correct. Absolutely. Um, tickets are still on sale um, up until the event. I believe there's also tickets at the door. Uh, if, if it if doesn't sell, sell out, out yes. there will be no tickets at the door. I'm pretty sure we're going to sell out. So Yeah, we, we hope it sells out. we get tickets sooner rather than later. Uh, he, for the event, he is the manager and organizer, so he's been working very hard over these past couple of months. Uh, we'll get into it maybe a year. I don't know how long. Like, one of my questions... Uh, started in August, I think. Yeah, so last couple of months... Uh, he is an administrator for Silva Brewing in Paso Robles, and he is the treasurer for the Central Coast Craft Brewers Guild. So, Matt, we want to thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you very much for kind of reaching out, because I'll admit your Facebook message took me a little bit by surprise. Anyone wanted to come on this show? Uh, anybody yeah. actually? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we like to have fun here, but still, it, it was it was. Very much appreciated that you took the time to listen to the last episode. Thank you, everybody who listened to the last episode. Thank you very much, Brendan. Like it was such a fun time. Everyone had we had such great response, and um, just thank you, everybody. That's from the bottom of my heart. From uh, I want to say from the bottom of Lee's heart, but I don't want to no, speak for him. I, no, I don't think any of these listeners. Okay, yeah. okay, <laughs> probably a bunch of jerks just like us. <laughs> Lee, Lee is like you. You better then, because you better listen. <laughs> That's well, always great to listen to Brendan. Brendan's a good guy and fun to hang out with and drink beer. So, oh yeah, it's it's it was such a fun experience, and it's kind of like going into the the discussions of home brewing and everything. That was a really fun time, especially just to sit back and listen as a craft beer fan. But speaking of beer, uh, we got ourselves a nice little drink here. This is saison, and I'm gonna butcher this Dupont. Saison Dupont. Saison Dupont. Brasserie Dupont. Dupont. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I admit it's the very first time I've had it. I always see it on the shelves, and uh, I hear really good things about it. But I'm I'm seeing why people probably like it. one of my favorites. One of my favorite saisons. It's like, one of the classics, isn't it? Yeah, I always hold it up. Like if I'm like okay, whenever I'm like, uh, how do I like this saison? And I compare it to this. Okay. Hmm. So and they uh, Brasserie Dupont also has like a great table beer, and then um, I think they even have a dry hopped saison Dupont. Yeah, I'm positive of that because I know that Libertines had it on before. Okay. Cool, cool. So, do you ever do any beer judging at all, or is it no, just, uh, no, beer drinking? just in my head? Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, not on air. Yeah. Because it's, it's it's funny, you know, for the BJCP guys, is they always have a commercial example of what they're expecting it to be, and mm-hmm. so when you mention that you use that as your as your kind of uh, north star there, that yeah. Uh, it made me think that maybe you had done a couple judging events. No, but. no. I've got a lot of friends who are BJCP judges and uh, obviously lots of brewer friends, but um, I'm not super good at brewing. I've done some home brewing and I yeah. had a nice setup, but uh, 
I've learned that my aptitude is more in the back end of the house in a brewery. And <laughs> Better at math. Understand than... that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the math and just management of a, a business, all the things that are behind the scenes that uh, that's the kind of stuff that I do typically so that whoever is the brewer or the owner of the business can do the things that they excel at. Actually, that's a really good point. You know, you kind of got to make way for, I guess, the artist, if you will, to have his creative side and let him go wild and not have to worry right. about paying the taxes and getting payroll done and managing yeah, and all it's, the it's fun details. too. Uh, I enjoy that kind of stuff. And then uh, part of something I used to do with clients and I, I still do to some degree is um, you get the people who don't get all the details, the accounting details and some of the business back of house business management details. And I do that work, but I make sure that they understand how that work goes so that, um, you know, if there's a parting of ways or if I'm out sick or whatever, someone can still, they still have a good idea. Yeah. So when they bring a, a new person just in or an additional person in, they have an idea. Don't teach them go. too much because then they might just get rid of you. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, you teach them enough so that they're like, oh, shit, I don't want to do this do at this, all. Yeah. yeah, no, you can keep doing it. And please don't talk about it anymore. My eyes are glazing over. And yeah. <laughs> That's my wife. If I start talking too much to accounting and she, her eyes kind of roll up in her head and she's like, gets this. Uh. <laughs> That's how you put her to sleep. That's uh. it. It's hypnosis. That's how I got her to marry me. <laughs> um, so Matt, it's kind of the, one of the first questions. Um, obviously I'm curious about it with everybody who I've met in this industry. How did you get into craft beer? Like what, what was it? The one you tried or was it just friends who kind of got you into it? Like what, what has been your journey? I can, so there's uh it's kind of funny. I was living in San Diego. I lived down there about 20 years. Um, I'm jealous. I love and, San Diego. Uh, it's great, but I like it up here a lot better. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to say how many years ago, but it was a long time ago. I was up here working for the summer and I was in my 20s. And so I happened to pop into a bar downtown. It doesn't exist anymore. I think it's where Big Sky is now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I was getting my... Coors and uh they said oh hey you want to you want to try a Sierra Nevada pale and I go oh what's that and he's like oh it's a local craft brewery and I'm like oh how much is it and he goes it's a buck I'm what? like a <laughs> this dollar must have been a while ago <laughs> and he goes yeah and I'm like well you know, rather than spend the three dollars on the Coors I was like okay and I had it I was like holy shit this is really good mm -hmm. what have I been doing and so that's kind of like that got me started and then I moved to San Diego probably about six months after that. And then um, in San Diego, they had Carl Strauss was going. Pete's Wicked was still big at the time. And um, and it turns out, actually, that Chuck Silva was brewing at a brewery that I liked down there. I had no idea. I didn't find this out until, like, maybe a year ago. But there was this place called Hops, a bistro, and it was in hmm. UTC, La Jolla area. Huh. So I kind of got turned on a little bit that way. Um and then uh, just being up here was a big change because I also quit smoking when I was up here because they just passed the law outlawing smoking in bars. Oh, okay. So that was kind of nice. I discovered craft beer, got turned on to wine in the area, and then quit uh, two and a half back a day cigarette habit, cold turkey. Holy shit. So that wow. was, I figured I was going to be three months away from friends and family. So yeah. <laughs> this is the time to do it. I can just be an asshole to people I don't know. <laughs> and, I can only imagine the things you hacked up in that. In that oh, room. man. That period of yeah, I had to get eventually. I had to get rid of most of my clothes because I didn't realize how bad they smelled. Oh, um, apologies to anybody who smokes. So that's you know, we all have our own things. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, 
I always uh, smell like but, beer, um, so I can't. Yeah, and then you know? when I was down, <laughs> when I was down in San Diego, um, my uh, a friend of mine had said, "Hey, you know, I know you like wine and you're starting to like beer, but you should try this Old Guardian. It's a barley wine. So if you like wine, you'll like barley wine." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay," and then obviously not even close to the same. There's, no, <laughs> no. I'm like, <laughs> but um, it's great barley wine. Um, and then that's how I, I, I lived like, like I said, it was probably two and a half miles from Stone, the old location where Lost Abbey is now. Cool. And um, so I'd go in, pop in, and just start talking with those guys. And I did a, uh, they did a dye your hair for charity thing when they first started doing their um, bigger anniversary parties. And so I went and did that, did dyed have, my hair. You had hair back then? I did. You don't have I did. a whole lot left, it looks like. <laughs> it didn't have a whole bunch. Now I have like, now, I mean, I didn't even have the facial hair action going. Yeah. I had a mustache. But It'll be a it. dye your goatee party next time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did, I did that one year. I did green. So I let my hair grow out. So I did the power donut and, um, and then my facial hair and did that all green. It was, nice. it was kind of exciting, but, uh. Yeah, so then that, I just started talking to the guys, and I was with the Institute of Management Accountants group. I was on their board, and so we tried to have meetings at actual manufacturing spots. And so we said, hey, can we have a meeting over in the where you keep the kegs? And they're like, they're just kegs. And we're like, it doesn't matter. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just walk us around, and, and they're like, okay. So we did, and then Stone came back a few months later and said, hey, we need help with our anniversary. We want some accountants to handle the cash and all the check-in. So um, we went ahead and did it that first year. It was kind of crazy. And they still were still selling tickets at the door. It was in the cul-de-sac there. And, mm-hmm. and I had like two wads of cash in my, in my pockets that were probably about four inches thick. And then yeah. I had another wad in my hand that we're doing. And, and there's two other people who had that much money too. And we're like, this is crazy. And that was the last year that they uh, went without pre-selling tickets. So then after that, started pre-selling. So I did that. After one of those wads went missing, they started. Uh, well, pre-sell. you you don't know because <laughs> no. they're, you know, you're just walking up. And so you have yeah. no idea, no control at all on it, which is not a good thing when cash is around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and I ended up doing that for several years. I did it for nine years. So I recruited and organized all the front gate volunteers at the stone anniversaries oh, wow. for that. And right that was pretty cool. And so, I did the old location, did the location in Escondido when it was still just dirt and mm-hmm. there was no building. And then all the way through and did the last, the first two that they did at uh, Cal State San Marcos. Okay. So um, wow. a lot of fun. That's how I got in, kind of into it. And then um, I started actually working and getting paid. And, and so that's, gosh, that's probably. Was, was that first paid gig with Stone as well? Or was that with. No, my first paid gig was with Iron Fist Brewing. Okay. And then, uh, and that, and then Lost Abbey, uh, I redesigned their cost accounting system and, uh, helped them clean up their, how their, uh, accounting system worked overall. Um, and then kind of there, it just kind of cascaded and I think I've worked with probably 35 breweries, wow. um, wow. as the interim controller at Ballast Point, getting them, getting their, uh, books set up so that they could actually do proper cost accounting, proper reporting to put together reporting packages for them. This is, uh, 2012 to 2013 when I was there. And then you kind of started off as an accountant who just liked beer and then your focus shifted into the beer trade itself. 
And now you're just a beer accountant, basically. Is that kind of? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the the funny thing is, is the kind of accounting I like is uh, what I call interesting accounting. Most people still think is accounting, but uh, right. manufacturing and nonprofit. So manufacturing is great because at the end of the day, you have a product that you can see. Mm-hmm. Nonprofit's good because you're giving something back to your community, but um, oftentimes in a nonprofit, they don't have a business person. So right. you can be that voice of reason and, and that's also how I kind of got into the event thing was the first, when I was working for boys and girls club and it was around the same time I dyed my hair for stone. Um, I was at an event that we were hosting. It was taking an hour, hour and a half to check people out from an auction. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I'm like, why is it taking so long? turns out they're using paper and stuff. It, It was crazy. They were doing their accounting literally on green ledger sheets. And this wasn't that long ago. This is 2001. Yeah, well, that's how they. That's how they. When I went to college, that's how they taught me to do it. Was on the old green ledger sheets. Yeah, you know? that's I. So I, I had it that way, and then a we lot had, of folks just don't know any better than to, you know, use QuickBooks. Yeah, well, stuff. I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy. This is like the second largest boys and girls club in the state of California, and they were doing stuff on green ledger sheets. Jeez, so, um, yeah, so that was kind of crazy, and then. Uh, we started automating the event. We got some auction software in and took care of things that way. And that's when I was like, Oh, I really like these events. Mm-hmm. And, um, that then it, I did the stone thing and it just kind of carried over. I really enjoyed doing the, the brewery and, uh, events and alcohol related. And a lot of, <laughs> a lot of brewery events. They're all, um, it seems like most of them at least that I've ever seen are, have always been for a nonprofit in some sort. Well, that's a requirement for the, uh, ABC event license is that a nonprofit has to pull the license. I got you. But um, what happens a lot of times, and this is even leading into why the Guild is running this particular festival, uh, is that people will just shop around, organizers will shop around, just get a nonprofit, get a name on there. Right. uh, the The people participating, the attendees, you never find out how much money or what percentage of money is going to that nonprofit. So they might just be using their name, and maybe, you know, maybe they give them like 5% or maybe they give them nothing. Who, who knows? Yeah, yeah. So this event that we're doing, the Central Coast Craft Beer Fest, mm-hmm. uh, proceeds will go to the guild itself. And then we also have the uh, Atascadero Optimist Club that's is going to be helping us out. So they're going to get some a donation too. Cool. Uh, while we're on kind of the topic of the guild, uh, actually, real quick question. Um, we could top everybody off, open up a new drink. Sure. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, I have this one that I thought would be pretty good. I got it. It's from Vale Brewing in Virginia, I think it is. Yeah, Richmond, right. Virginia. It's the Wee Wee Dead Dead. It's the Double Dry Hops Triple IPA. Okay. Sounds terrible. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I'll not. Try it. <laughs> That's so Richmond. How far is Richmond from uh, Norfolk? Uh, honestly, I'm no. I'm not very good with geography. Okay. Is that on a trade or? <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. it it was on like a trade or um, kind of like a, a <laughs> unwilling or un. Uh, I forgot about a secondary thing. I put in like something super low. I was like, yeah, this will get that'll be it'll be fun. Like a week later, it comes up like you won. I'm like shit, <laughs> <laughs> but not really shit because I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what. Actual experts think win beer. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And thankfully I didn't go broke buying it. <clears throat> nice. So it's a New England then because it's hazy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually smells pretty hoppy for a triple, you know? Typically, uh, 
you don't get as much hops out of it. And um, it's just a little meager eleven percent. So this is it's just a yeah, we guy. can we we can just it's crushable. Oh man, yeah. today's gonna be one of those days, isn't it? I I didn't mean for it to be. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I'm not going to uh, bong this one. No. <laughs> oh, you actually, I was going to say, like, you, we didn't talk about it earlier. You are going to have to do binge bong bail. Oh. Yep. All right. My favorite beers. <laughs> Miller Lite, Coors Light, uh, and Miller Genuine Draft. I'm not buying it. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Oh, wait. One of those I would have to drink the whole time. So, uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Um so as we were talking um, about the Central Coast Brewers Guild, like, I guess one, one of my main questions is, is what is the main goal of the Central Coast Brewers Guild and how does one become eligible to participate in the guild? Because I did a little bit of research. There's brewers, there's associates, and there's one other tier that's not coming to my head right Vendors. now. Vendors. Vendors, yeah. So uh, just kind of a discussion on like how that came to be when you came into the guild and Again, how does one join? Like, well, um, when I was working with Tappet, uh, they the guild had the guild had been around in several different forms, and then they finally did their incorporation in 2013. But from 2013 to 16, it was still a pretty loose thing. There was seemed like a mishmash, kind of. Yeah, it was just more like a hangout, yeah, and have drinks kind of thing. At least from my understanding. And so in 2016, we reelected a whole new board and actually started trying to operate it like we should mm-hmm. um as far as for member benefits and stuff we started charging for dues we started uh doing printing of maps and, and such the just more promotion of it the uh bylaws have us down for the central coast guild geographical areas from monterey all the way down to ventura so it's huge yeah i was gonna ask about that how how wide it went it's so it's pretty it's crazy it's the largest uh geographical size guild in the state of California is um, Alvarado the farthest north or is there even further Alvarado is the farthest farthest north north. and they joined I want to say about two months ago and they're going to be at the festival which is awesome because they make some great beer yeah they make killer stuff Um, and they're they seem like really cool folks I know they've done some collabs down here with uh, Libertine and Central Coast Brewing so um, so we're stoked about that yeah coming out it's also nice they're they're working with um uh, Califresh because I don't like locally I know Nick went out and I think they drive up there with vans to go get cases and so that way they can sell the cans in stores here so oh, it's cool. starting to reach down here I have a couple of friends through either my work or through I still know from school who live up in the Monterey or um, like northern area who said like oh yeah I love Alvarado I was like well when you come back they have it on the shelves and you come <laughs> try it and they're they're really stoked about that and I'm, I'm real excited that that kind of gets to now be readily available for the beer drinkers here. It's cool. It's what's really great is uh, Golden State Overnight GSO. Mm-hmm. They've really changed the game. So, um, like, I live in Paso, and they have this new third base that opened up there. It's the, the uh, gas station, car wash, deli, all kinds of high end liquor and best beer selection in Paso area hmm. for a retail store. And I looked on the shelf, and one day, and they had uh, Citraholic. There from Beechwood. Yeah. And then the dude saw me looking at the Citraholic and pulling out of the fridge. He goes, oh, hey, we have some Beechwood Blendery over here, too. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, then, you know, Captain Fatty's is in there. And I'm just like, oh, this is this is great. Loving this. Well, I mean, it should be pretty easy for you to get all these Captain Fatty's and stuff because it's all part of the guild, right? 
Well, I mean, it's still a geographical thing. I don't. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure if they're distributed up here, and the good beer stores are more in your area than they are in my That's area. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, Bevmo's my beer store, which is I never thought I'd say that ever. <laughs> but when you go, it's like, oh, what's the best beer store? What Bevmo? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bevmo is good for dark and like sour beers or Belgians. Anything that you want to age is great because they've been sitting on the shelves for years. <laughs> Any like no, <laughs> sorry if anyone works at Bevmo, but don't get any of their IPAs. That's all I'm saying. You <laughs> get, good well. Idea. What's great is oh, the breweries are finally getting that they're date coding everything. So right. as long as you know what the code means, then you're cool. So like uh, for instance, um, Ballast Points stuff, their code date. So it's like it'll be like eighteen for the you know the year end, mm-hmm. and then they'll have a three digit number and that's the day of the year it was made. So oh, that's actually you can really go cool. And you look and you're like, Oh, Hey, and it's on, <laughs> even on six pack cans, it's printed right on the top in white letters. I and actually had no idea what that represented because I've seen those numbers and I was like, okay, there's an 18, but I don't know what any of this means. Is it like some sort of like shipment or ba- that is actually is really that pretty cool to know. common for most breweries to have that same format. No, they, they change. So some places will do best before, I've seen a lot so, of actual like brewed on dates, yeah, you know. Like, I think the brewed on date is better myself. Um, mm-hmm. Then it lets the consumer decide how far is far enough. Um, right. When you do best before, well, I mean, it still might be good. So yeah. you you're putting in the mind of not only your end retail customer but also your distributor and anyone who handles it along the way. Oh shoot! Well, that's only got like thirty days on it. I don't. No, you need to give me something fresher. Right. Whereas if you put the date you package it on, they're like, oh, okay, that's not, you know. I think yeah. the average consumer that's would know. a nuance. Know. But, and then yeah. the, but if you have a, you know, like say the, the Enjoy Buy series from Stone, right? Well, that's, if, yeah. If that if this is sitting on the shelf and it's past the 21st, any consumer is going to pass on it, even not. Or if it's, you know, 2015 and it's still on the <laughs> yeah. shelf. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was at a place, I won't name it, but um, I saw like a 420 Enjoy Buy and it was close to nine months old Ouch. or nine months past that. But that it's funny you brought up enjoy by because that's a special exception and that stone purposely does not want it out. And so if you actually spot an enjoy by that is past its prime on the shelves stone, I think even has a phone number to call in. Oh really? Wow. They, they used to. Yeah. I'm hmm. assuming it still remained the same. 1-800 beard tip. Do you hear that snitches? You have a job now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stone guys, but maybe I just created a couple more jobs at Stone. Yeah, right? <laughs> after their buyback program. Oh my gosh! Whenever this is released the next day, they'll like call lines at Stone. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be great. Then you can see the spike reaction, and you can see, judge how your audience is doing. <laughs> we did that. Right, if you listen Yay. to this, it means you to call Stone, <laughs> even if it's a, even if it's a lie, even if it's just to tell them <laughs> hi and ask them how their day is going. <laughs> um. So kind of getting back, um, how does how does one, oh yeah, beca- yeah become part of the guild, like um, associate or whatever? Could so, I pay and be an associate of the Craft Brewers Guild, or am I just not there yet? So we, we're not quite there yet. So like I said, we've actually started charging dues, and we've been functioning more as a professional organization. We've grown our membership. So in 2016, I think we had, uh, we had like about 18 members or so. Now we're close to 50, a little over 50. Is that mostly um, breweries or is that? That's, that's, I'm just counting breweries on there. So in okay. addition to that, then we have four, uh, four other members who are all uh, their vendor members. Cool. Um, and 
we our goal this year is to start talking about it more. We've got some window clings for beer week for people to put in their windows. And, um, you know, hopefully with this, we're going to start gaining some of our associate members and that's the restaurants and bars and, and, uh, podcasts, podcasts. Yeah. So, you know, I take it back. Um, hop on beer tours, uh, is an associate member because they're in the industry. Cool. Um, which is cool. We got, you know, Brant's a really nice guy and everybody likes hop on beer tours. Oh, absolutely. So, doesn't. Yeah. so, uh, so he is an associate member. No, the others are well, vendor members. That's absolutely deserved. I mean, like the service he provides, like that's completely understandable. Like I'm, I, not, that's, not saying I would, but I can just imagine. I was like, oh, what do you do? I drive people around to breweries. I mean, really, and all you think this. about the craft beer guild and the brewers guild and, uh, you know, the, the, the beer map, the beer trail that you guys had. Right. And that's kind of, you, know, you look at that and you think, man, I sure wish I had a way to get around to all these breweries. And sure enough, here comes Hop On. Yeah. It is. It's crazy. It's just the distance yeah. sometimes. So, um, and I've gotten spoiled since, I mean, I've lived in San Diego, was the smallest city I lived in before I moved here. Um, and that was kind of tiny because I lived in Los Angeles and Houston. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. San Diego was like, oh, you know, this yeah. is a small town. Everybody knows everybody. But uh, Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then I got up here. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I better I shouldn't have no told that clue. guy to fuck off yeah. because, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just parked right next to him. Damn. Exactly. <laughs> Turns out he's your neighbor. You yeah. Know. <laughs> At least he wasn't my landlord, right? Oh, <laughs> that would gosh. be bad. So but, what's uh, the uh, what's the benefit or what's the idea of the of the guild? I mean, what's the purpose so of it? What uh, you know, our if our mission statement is about uh, educating consumers about the Central Coast's influence on local craft beer, mm-hmm. and that's something that uh, on on the board we've talked about maybe changing that up a little bit. Our what our true goal is is to promote craft beer in the Central Coast okay. and to make people aware of it. I mean, with the exception of like Firestone, most people don't think about the Central Coast. And they they don't realize that, I mean, we're out here and we're in, you know, just to use that line, we're in God's country. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great, great place. And it, I think it does change the way people feel about brewing and, and how they go about things. And um, so the Brewers Guild goal is to promote our breweries, to get more business for our breweries, to raise the level of craft. I mean, you're seeing some of the, the new breweries popping up and, and some of the older ones who are, are doing really good. And mm-hmm. they're, it's, you know, it's that old uh, rising tide lifts all boats. And um, it just improves the overall quality of the beer and the selection. I mean, is there a discussion about uh, perhaps sharing hop contracts or getting a we, grain for a cheaper price as a bulk buy or something like that? We haven't that? talked about that kind of goods. Uh, there's been discussion, but we still haven't, gotten there yet on uh maybe going together and now i do know that there's a contractor for coasters that that is doing some deals and there's things like that but uh right now we're so we're all volunteer board and we're trying to get our shit together right i mean we've we've gone leaps and bounds in the last two years it's crazy we didn't start adding extra layers just yet (laughs) right and part of the the goal of uh fundraisers so like this this festival that's coming up is so that we can get enough money so then we can actually hire someone to do some of these things. Oh. And so, but you want to have enough money to do that. And you want to be able to let that person keep their job and not just go, Oh, wait, right. sorry, we're yeah. out of money. Whoops. Bye. <laughs> yeah. We'll call you one. We have some more. We'll have a beer fest next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll hire you again for the three months. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so um, that's the goal of our festival is to do that, is to, to raise awareness and get the money in. Now, our first one uh, is more of a friend raiser than a fundraiser. So mm-hmm. uh, we will make a profit on it, but we're, it's going to be a really small profit. It's, it's probably going to be no more than $5,000. Okay. Um, on, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So like just kind of connecting into it. Um, you, talk, you talked about, or when we were talking about it a little bit earlier, uh, maybe before we started, it, it's been since August that you haven't had this plan. Now, was that like when you started putting in the phone calls to people, when you started uh, like kind of gathering people like, okay, we have our date set, or is that just like started the discussion about it? Like when did it? No, we, we had a discussion. So discussion started in 2016, and uh, Chris over at Barrel House had threw my name out to to do the, the festival uh, just because I'd done some festivals down in San Diego and – I'd helped uh, Barrel House with some of the back of house things on the uh, Sour Fest that they do. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. And then I was at Tappan, you know, that I was working 50, 60 hours a week sometimes. So nothing got done for 2017. And um, we ended up doing a small festival down in, in Santa Barbara on Telegraph's side lot or on a lot mm-hmm. next to Telegraph. And so this year I was like, okay, I'd developed a relationship with the city of Atascadero through some events that we'd done dancing in the streets, brew at the zoo and such through tap it. And I went to the city manager and said, Hey, okay, we want to do a beer festival. Atascadero is right in the center, uh, within just a couple miles. Really? Yeah. Of so Monterey, if you go to Monterey to Ventura and then right in between. I was going to ask if the house centerly, how centrally located it's, that was. It's the, the absolute center. Now, population wise, it's not, but yeah, <laughs> no. And do you get flack from some of the outreaching breweries, you know, like a uh, Topa Topa or something? Like no, that. Topa Topa has been really good. Actually, they were, uh, they were the second brewery to sign up for the oh, festival. Awesome. And they have no so, problem driving the two hours. Kyle, Kyle and Jack are good guys. They're coming up. Um, and people are excited about it. And, uh, yeah, you still get, it's kind of funny because a large chapter. So you get basically the two, cha- the way the chapters are broken up is north of Gaviota Pass is the slow chapter. Okay. South of Gaviota Pass is the Santa Barbara Ventura chapter. Gotcha. And um, so it ends up, we always, almost always meet in Buellton. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So everybody, except for anyone <laughs> just right there, gets the suck drive to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and then two for the festival, we've got uh, the city of Atascadero has been fantastic to work with and their, their tourism business improvement district uh, that goes under the visit Atascadero name. Um, they actually gave us money for the event. Wow. So wow. they gave us $7,500. That's a huge amount. To, that's awesome. Yeah. On our first festival. And that's kind of when I say August, so I was talking with the city and just talking about doing the event. And that was probably in May or June of last year. And then they said, well, if you'd like to come talk to the tourism board and ask them for some money, mm-hmm. you should do that. Is, is this something that Atascadero is starting to do new? Because I feel like in the last couple of years, they've really been trying to up their game with getting a they, lot of... Uh, they have upped their game a lot in the last uh, probably two, maybe three years. Yeah, that seems um, about right. Being super friendly. I mean, well... Tascadero is there and it's a got a great downtown. I mean, it's got great bars. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tent City's there, Street Side's there, Whiskey and June. June. One of Dead my Oak just places. opened over there. Dead just Oak. Yeah. So they're, they're putting Jesse's in. making some great beer there. Yeah, and, I always talk about how well they're doing for their size and their time. Yeah. They're kicking ass right now for considering the, the amount they've been around. 
Yeah, they're doing great. And at, I haven't been in there when there hasn't been, you know, several people in there yeah. at least. And that was just after they opened. Um, but uh, so they they gave us money for that. We gave them a proposal, said, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to keep this festival going and be sustainable. And uh, the big thing is, our, in return, we have to get room nights for them. So okay, so I'm like, well, okay. If you want room nights, then uh, yeah, I want this much money. You guys had a little package put together, didn't you? We have several packages. So if you go to our website, centralcoastcraftbeerfest.com, there's a little drop down for lodging, mm-hmm. and just the lodging notch on there will take you to the Visit Atascadero site that has all the the lodging that's within Atascadero. Awesome. And then we have a couple. Well, we have three hotels that have done sponsorships. So that's. Uh, Holiday Inn Express, uh, Spring Hill Suites, and the Carlton Hotel. So they're all doing pack- ticket package deals. The Carlton would be awesome to stay there, just right next door to the event. <laughs> it's You know, it's right there. There's also a, a couple of – every hotel that is in Atascadero is within seven minutes. Cool. And that's via Uber. Yeah. So <laughs> That's a cheap ride. <laughs> that's actually the way to do it, to go to the festival. It's either Uber, walk, bike ride. Yeah. Take the bus. The, <laughs> seriously, the bus stops just before the festival starts. And one leaves just after the festival so, ends. So uh, I know there's like a, a thing about a Tascadero where you can, quote, drink in public. Yeah, Does that an, give you an issue with the with having a certain cordoned off area for the event? Or can you just go willy nilly and walk down the street? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to talk about that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not promoting their open okay. container law. but And I still haven't found it where it's on the books. So yeah. I haven't done it. Walked around with an you don't open want container to be because liably responsible. I'm like trying to find that law somewhere and I can't see it. But everybody, I mean, I, you know, the deputy city manager, the other people in admin, even one of the the commanders over at the police department is like, oh yeah, da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, I just want to, I want to see it in writing somewhere, right, right, and then I want a copy of that in my pocket. <laughs> but uh, I'm it, sure public intoxication is still well, public intoxication is still not allowed. You know, yeah. so. So, uh, but with the festival, then you bring in the ABC on that. And so you have to get the license because you're serving alcohol. And then once ABC is brought in, then you have a control area. And right. so that's where the fences come in. Um, and so that's usually you have to put their ice house down on the outside and then walk. Right. Into the right. It's, you know, and depending on where you're at, uh, things are, are a little more lax, this one, since we are even charging for designated drivers mm-hmm. uh, and we're charging money for tickets, it is a controlled entry. Um, we will have security there. and But instead of a big chain link fence, we're going to have a nice white picket fence around the park. There so, you go. <laughs> um, it'll keep the people in Atascadero who aren't attending the, the festival happy because it doesn't look like a prison yeah. riot. Yeah, um, for real. Well, it might over the white picket <laughs> fence. but uh, yeah. uh, While we kind of get into the topic of maybe some of the breweries that will be attending, do you mind if we open up this bad boy? Yeah, let's open that one. All right. So this is Zintastico uh, Saison from Casa Agria, who right. will be at the Central Coast Craft Beer Festival. They will be at the festival. And, uh, they sent that up to me. I said, hey, I'm going to be on a podcast and I'm going to be on that, this radio show that's on during lunch. That, has, li- that has liquid on it and said, you know, hey, and I reached out to some of the breweries that were in the southern part of our our guild just to make sure they got some love and said, hey, I'm, would you like me to promote your beer? And so these guys sent me this and they sent me uh, uh, boysenberry spread. Sorry, I didn't bring that one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh so you, I, you kept the one, some of them for yourself. You're well, like, I, these guys. I'd like <laughs> to say, but I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to 
take that and promote it on we're, a radio show. So. We're we're very much a proponent of like we don't even feel like you had to bring beer. We appreciate that you did, but okay. no, that that's uh, completely understandable. Okay, yeah, it's uh, no, you have to bring beer, so <laughs> you have to bring a little bit, right? That's what and, everyone. Uh, that's what everyone's been telling me. But. If you haven't had a chance to get down to Casa Agria yet, the place is in a weird little. It's like yeah, a, a little business park. Yeah, almost. business park. That's what they call them. And it's just on a weird little empty street. It seems it's right. a big street, but I never that, seen any cars on you it. You drive it, what like a mile past Strawberry Fields or something? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, where the hell am I? And all is, of a sudden, you're in this little. I think uh, it's at like the southernmost exit of Oxnard because we. I took a trip to Ventura late last year, and I was able to stop there. Um, and I remember it was like right as you're coming back into Oxnard from uh, like LA or I, again, I don't know geography very well, Okay. but um, I think it was like that first one. It reminded me a lot of how you get to the um, Alvarado street in Salinas because it's the exact same situation where you're just surrounded by fields and you pull into kind of like this big business park and it's a bit like a, like a warehouse Yeah. and like not at all like knocking it. It's, it's. It's a nice find in a business park, mm-hmm. but it's not, yeah. where, it's not where you would think like coming from places like he, like coming from around here where you see Firestone is all kind of big and set up. You see kind of like a lot of little breweries are more like in-house or like in buildings. Right. It's interesting. You get into Castle Agria too, and then, you know, you get to sit in the barrel room while you have a beer or two. Yeah. It's a pretty nice little surrounding once you get inside of it. And play oh. the Simpsons video game. Uh, I haven't played that game uh, in probably a decade. Oh, man. We were coming back from, uh, we came through there when we were coming back from LA. We had been down to the forum to see uh, Queens of the Stone Age. And so we were driving our way back and we were dropping off promotional materials. And we're like, oh, we got to go inside Casa Gris and check that out. So um, people there were super, super cool. Um, We went by Institution Ales. Mm -hmm. And that's a cool little spot. It's kind of a cool spot. Kind of weird if you don't know. You walk in the front and that's where they're growler yeah. bar is yeah, and then yeah. you kind of meander and you get to walk through the production area which is neat and, and it's a huge production area like they have yeah. enough room there to put in twice as many tanks you yeah. know so they have room to grow still which is and then nice. you get in that back room and you're like whoa what the hell is this I yeah and you can actually if you're having a beer there you can actually watch the guys work really i mean it's right yeah it's right there next to you yeah. it's pretty cool that one's like a weird spot too you just but Really easy freeway access. You That's just jump off the freeway yeah. and like, boom, you're there. If right you're going there. north, it's like the best little pop off and pop back on. <laughs> yeah, and Get definitely. a crawler or two and back yeah. on the road. Oh, my God. Um, but, um, yeah. Sorry. Like, no, sorry. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did I answer the question yet? <laughs> no, by all means, I, I, I Wait, like tangents. It, I know it's going to come back question? to bite. Yeah, it was the, um, as we were talking about the breweries who are going to be at the Craft Beer Festival or the Central Coast Craft Beer Festival. Um I meant like doing my research for the podcast is we talked a little bit about it earlier, but I, I was shocked to learn like what's all part of the guild um, before kind of getting in contact with you and like maybe before kind of researching the event at all. Like I, I was very like happy to see like who was coming to this thing as a selfish beer drinker, I guess. Yep, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know we got a couple questions off of the Facebook groups from uh, Mike, you know, Ogilvy is that even not? Yeah, something like that. Mike Ogilvy and then uh, Matthew Borglin kind of asked along the same questions of how do you get, how did you get the breweries for the event? Um, I know a lot of the mainstays are going to be because they are part of the guild, but uh, kind of going into the process of who, you, like, why you reached out to the certain people you did for the guest breweries. A couple ones I had: uh, Modern Times, Russian River Society, Moxa. Um, 
all of those guys, like what was there kind of like a selection process where you realize like these guys, like, like not to disparage anyone, but kind of be like, we should try and bring these guys in first, maybe wait a couple, like see what we can do to, before we want to bring in other people. So it's a, a couple of, I'm going to answer that a couple of ways. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, it's a guild festival. So we're going to invite our members. We're Everybody in the guild all of our guild. Come. Yeah. No we're going to encourage what. all of our guild members to come and participate. Um, not all of them are participating, uh, and the ones that aren't are down in the Santa Barbara area, and they've been heavily impacted by mudslides and oh, right. fires and all that. So, for them, they're still just they're just trying to keep up their production, and they you know they don't have the time or the people to spare to come, and that's along the lines of you know that that drive, mm-hmm. um, which is a bummer because there's some great beers down there, um, and then. I think we have, there might be one or two members in this area that had the same issue, just staffing issues. They've got events either going on or, you know, it's a Saturday. It's a busy day for people. Right. Yeah. So uh, that that's part of it. That's where we got the guild members from. And then the folks who are from outside the area, first we looked and like, okay, would they qualify to be a guild? Would they qualify and are they a member of their own local guild? So um, so do are they a member of the Brewers Association? Do they fit the definition of independent beer which is under six million barrels and less than a 25 percent ownership stake of, of an alcoholic beverage company that is not a craft brewer right so um unfortunately that left out i couldn't invite my friends at ballast point i like those guys a lot and the rep up here is super cool bill lacy and uh but they they don't get to be invited so which is fine right this is a guild festival and we're promoting a guild Mm-hmm. Um, so the folks we did invite, uh, most of them, with the exception of the, I think Mad River, are friends of mine. Oh, okay, or friends cool. of mine or my wife's. And uh, see, I would so, just send a, a bunch of letters, and then whoever wrote back, be like, oh, sweet. Well, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of if you don't know, it's it's a lot of work. So you need to get in. Most of the the breweries now have a page on their website, a mm-hmm. donation form you got to fill out. So that kind of cuts it down. But you get so many requests for beer. Over and over and over again. And so, uh, you know, and so they, what people want is they want free beer. They want you to donate your time. And, was, and they're like, oh, yeah, you'll get promotion. It's like, no, you're, yeah. this is a golf tournament with like 40 people playing in it. Exactly. That's yeah. not, yeah, we're going to give you a half barrel of beer and, uh, you know, five hours of time and then our equipment and the cleanup time and all that. No. So all the beer that is at the festival is actually donated from the breweries then? Actually, um, we're like I said, we're doing this festival a little different. So I think we've stepped up our game and we're raising the bar for festivals. Uh, the biggest complaint with that guild members have had with beer festivals is tired of donating beer and mm-hmm. then tired of not seeing where the proceeds are going. So we're actually paying people for their beer. That's awesome. Oh, wow. This is like a first. Yeah, and that would so make a lot of breweries want to show up, pe- I think. People are are shocked. Now, that being said, there are some breweries that are still going to donate their beer, and we appreciate that. And it's, you know, that's great because if the beer is donated, that's a, a better profit that we make. Absolutely. But we're going to probably spend between twelve dollars and $15,000 on beer for this. Wow. Festival. Oh, wow. So, and that'll be about the equivalent of a half barrel for, for each brewery. That's, what, that's actually really cool that that's the way you guys are going to go about it because – you know, other than the time factor, it takes away a lot of those stresses that a small brewery might have to face. Well, it does. And get the and, opportunity to be out there with the rest of and them. And the small breweries up here uh, are pretty uh, excited about the breweries coming from outside the area because they're like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Society's going to be here? What? Uh, you know, yeah. Moxa, that was a total score. Um, 
I knew Derek down in San Diego, Derek Galanosa, their brewer. And um, so he had participated in a couple of festivals that I'd run. And when I was thinking about breweries from outside the area I wanted to invite, I saw that he had gone and moved up to rock and started that brewery in Rockland. And I was like, Oh, it looks like the timing might work. So I just <laughs> Facebook messaged him and said, Hey dude, uh, we're doing this festival. Here's a link. And would you like to come? And he's like, Oh, Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> right we're going to go. He goes, I'm going to make a beer for the festival. I'm like, right on. Do you know what kind of beer he's making for? Us? No, I don't. And Spoilers, I, I Lee. probably shouldn't <laughs> even said anything. Cause what <laughs> if he runs out of time? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause they, I mean, I don't know if you've watched their uh, social media feed at all, but they're just doing, gangbusters up there since oh, they, yeah. since they've opened up and he's such a cool dude real low-key not egotistical at all but just i mean he was a total rock star in san diego mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm excited he's coming down uh the society guys i happened to run into doug uh who's one of the owners when i was up at central uh what is it ccba their fall thing that they do big meeting uh, california craft brewers association and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to come up? And he's <laughs> like, all right. And so uh, that, and then when I was out at GABF with Silva, I ran into some friends in the on the floor and just like, hey, we're doing a beer festival. You guys want to come up to Central Coast? And everyone, <laughs> there was like, I everyone go on loves going to come yeah. to Central Coast. It's yeah. you know, it's a destination spot. So um, they're pretty stoked about that. And we're doing a, a little thing. This is part of that money that we got from the city. Mm-hmm. So part of it we use for advertising, but. The other part is we're throwing a brewer's reception the night before, and this is an invite-only, industry-only party. And um, it gets everyone together and gets to hang out a little bit, a little bit of a bottle share. We'll have some some food pairings with Tent City beers because Tent City's uh, the host brewery. It, oh, cool. It is not going to be at the brewery. I can't tell you the site right now because I don't want anyone trying to get in. Yeah. Trying to sneak um, their way in. <laughs> but uh, it'll be like probably about 150 of your closest friends wow. kind of thing. That'd be a hell of a wow. party, so, actually. Actually, you'll... I'll be there. You'll yeah. be there. Just don't tell anybody <laughs> yeah. where you're going. I'm, I'm, my lips are sealed. <laughs> Lee, Lee's going to be working there. I, we'll give you a choice. Do you want to do trash patrol or, <laughs> or bathroom cleanup? I'll do, oh. I'll do vomit scraping. Oh, yeah. That'll be yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Should be a good time. But uh, yeah, so we're, we've got like that going on the, uh, that's a really cool thing. And you know, it's kind of a industry secret, but brewers love to just go and kind of hang out with each other a little Absolutely. bit for a while, or not just brewers, but brewers and brewery reps and such. And so you can be a little, you can talk a little more at ease. You can, uh, you know, compare techniques if you want, or you can just shoot the shit and enjoy that's, beer. That's one of the nice things about the beer industry is that, you know, uh, I've had brewers tell me there is no secrets, you know, like. It will share anything that you want to know. Usually, you know, yeah. As long as as long as you can prove to them that you're worth talking about it, basically. Yeah. Well, pretty. If you're not a dick, yeah, you're you're probably okay. Yeah. Or I should say, if you're not too much of a dick, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta be a little bit of a jerk off. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, sarcasm is yeah, absolutely sorely needed at all uh, times. Um, when it comes to the when it came to the festival, when it comes to planning this this huge kind of event. What has you? What have you felt has been the most rewarding part of parting of planning this festival, and what's been the most frustrating? Um, gosh, uh, most rewarding I would say is just getting to talk more with the guild members. So I'm on the board, and I talk to to local members quite a bit. But this has got me where I'm actually talking to the guild members all over our our, our organization, and it's so that kind of leads into the same thing. So it's like a multiple rewarding thing is that um 
these guys all want to see this festival succeed. Everyone's excited Absolutely. about it. No one is going, oh, I'm going to have to go to that another beer festival, which is, you know, I mean, you get beer festival burnout, both on the side of being a brewer, on the side of running one, on the side of attending them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't go to the first Firestone Invitational Festival because I'm like, that's ah, another fucking beer festival. And then friends went. Um, and they're like, dude, you missed that, out. <laughs> yeah, our, our friends that own Tap Hunter, they went up and they're like, Dude, you should have gone. This is the best festival we've ever been to. And it's yeah. like, what? Oh, so, shit. Is that, what you're, is that what you're going for here, just to compete with uh, the invitation? No, no, not to compete with it, no. Um, <laughs> I don't idea. have the kind of money that Firestone yeah. has to do those kind of things. But, Maybe some um, big shoes to fill anyways. It's, it's something to look at. Uh, so we try to, for this festival, we try to take all the things that we like about different festivals, and then anything that we dislike about a festival, we try to eliminate it. Mm-hmm. Um and just see it from, uh, and I say we, I'm talking about Nicole, that's my wife. She's doing all the marketing and social media for this event, which is, in my opinion, she'll say no, but it's why this event has such a buzz about it. And why It does have a good buzz it. going. I'll yeah. tell you that much for sure. She's been working on, she's, let's see, we went live with our site and with our feeds on this in November, mid-November. Awesome. So, um, pretty crazy. I mean, we're we're gonna have twelve hundred ticketed attendees, and we have about two hundred fifty tickets left. So, do you guys do some sort of uh, like niche marketing outside of the area to try to bring, you know, people from Ventura, people from Monterey, down to Atascadero, like beer doors from that area? Yeah, well, so to we're this event. we're posting in different beer groups, and then you just uh, the what was it? Their Twitter account we started from scratch because the guild didn't have one. Mm-hmm. The guild page on Facebook had been kind of inactive for a while. And so uh, Nicole's been running stuff through there. And so trying to keep it not on just a buy, 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 but also give some other interesting information, stuff that she finds interesting. Yeah, just content. Yeah, she used to do uh, social media down in San Diego for the uh, San Diego YMCA. So she helped run all their different Facebook sites and their Twitter handles and Instagram and all that. So it's she's a, a, a she's a fucking genius at that. Yeah, stuff. I don't know any of those things, <laughs> dude. I I get on Twitter every once in a while to rant about something, <laughs> yeah. like uh, or Facebook. I'm I'm usually sharing stuff from fuck sensitivity mm-hmm. or bitching about yeah. ticket fees. Um, I saw an artist come up and who's going to be playing in slow that I really want to see, and then I'm like, okay, I can pay that, and then I look and. It's like, why is there fifteen dollars of freaking fees oh, on this? Yeah, no, that's ins- just price yeah. the ticket. Yeah, that, that's one of those things that really I think bothers I saw me that. too. <laughs> I yeah, think I saw that one yesterday. I was like, he makes a good point. I didn't just haven't bought a ticket for anything in a long time. It's, yeah, yeah, and it so, gets more and more every this, time. But well, well this, my, our festival, no fees. Yeah, it. What you see is what you get. So if it says it's forty dollars, it's forty fucking dollars. Yeah. Do you? Because I'm probably way off here. Uh, so we're expecting around fifteen hundred people. Is it going to be, I know it's at Sunken Gardens, is it going to be cordoned off to just the park area? Is it maybe like a little bit of street access? Oh, so we're we're closing off East Mall and West Mall and Palma. Okay. Oh, wow. Right okay. around the city hall. So those cool, streets man. will be closed. The sidewalks down those streets on the outer, on the business facing side, those sidewalks will be open. So anybody who's got a business in that area that happens to be open Saturday, you'll still get people be able to access your business. Um and then what we'll do is uh, the fence goes around the outside edge of those streets and then on along El Camino Real will be right so the sidewalk's still open there. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. The boost will be uh, put up against the curb facing inward. Mm-hmm. So that's going to leave that whole center of it huh, wide, wide open. open. Nice. We'll have a couple 20 by 40 shade tents facing the stage. Stage is going to be on the in the street in between the city hall and the park. That's a great um, backdrop too. Yeah, I know it's it, a couple of great bands you guys got there too. Like that's yeah. Aside from the beer, you have Bear Market Riot, where I know a lot of people around here are huge fans. And uh, I'm also going to kick myself just because Bear Market Riot is the one that I know. Who who do you have Five opening? Parts up? Devil and these guys are great. Um, they're just a cool band. Just do fun stuff, and we we see them at Poor House and. Um, you know, Poor House is our local pub that, that yeah. we go to because we're like a block and a quarter from there. Oh, and then nice. Silva's our yeah. local brewery because I work there and it's also a block and a quarter from yeah. our house. So um, <laughs> so it, it makes it nice. But yeah. It, so do and, you live between the two of them or do you just kind of? Yeah. <laughs> I had, they're, they're, well, I don't know if you've been in there, but Silva is attached to the back, has yeah. a doorway yep. into Poor House. So they're right there. So yep. I just. Yeah, I kind of, I go over to work and then yeah. get off work and have my shift beer and then I. I think maybe meandered a poorhouse. I think the first time I ever went to Silva was like I went through the poorhouse entrance because I didn't necessarily know how to navigate and go through the back. And I think like it was at the opening time, it was like just then, so I was still getting everything started. So I'm just waiting at a random door in the poorhouse in the back, like just open up. I want some growlers, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've we've done some. uh, Silva's done some things just to make people more aware. So we we. We now have a, two sets of footprints when you walk in the right. door. Oh, yeah? So the orange set of footprints goes and takes you back to Silva. The black ones take you right to the bar at Poho. <laughs> uh, Poho's the nickname for the locals there of Poor House. Uh, and, uh, and now explains the beer name at Silva. Oh, my yeah, gosh. there you go. And uh, oh, now we okay. also have, we now have on that alleyway entrance into Silva, mm-hmm. there's a one of those huge flags big orange flag says silver brewing so it's like mm-hmm. oh that's where i'm going so uh it's a little bit easier to find it we're going to be doing uh you'll our we'll have a new website up in the near future that will have some uh help getting in there and it should be pretty cool um so, did you know chuck silver from your san diego days so i i did but we were more just knew each other and kind of in the craft beer scene mm-hmm. um but his wife and i worked together at lost abbey Oh, okay. for quite a while. So uh, she was there right at the beginning. Was a beer tender. Okay. And then I was kind of there, hanging out, volunteering a lot, and doing doorman for events and bottle releases and such. Back when you saw more bottle releases, where there's a line and right. people are camping out and stuff. Uh, and then um, we've just kind of kept in touch. We have a lot of mutual friends, and so when they moved, they moved up about six months after we did, and. Uh, so we just were hanging out and stuff and then mm-hmm. talking. And, and uh, after I left Tap It, I was going to just do consulting. And they said, oh, hey, you want to come work for us? I'm like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that You're was kind of cool. next to my favorite beer bar? Of course I want to come work for you. <laughs> What's hilarious is a lot of people think that was a planned move of, okay, I got a job offer from Silva. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to leave Tap It. And I'm just not going to say anything. Well, it wasn't that way. I didn't know I was going to work for them. They didn't know I was going to work for them. And right. we all knew... Like later, but then, well, there was that the Tappet buyout from yeah, uh, Santa Maria, so they yeah. probably have their own management team they, coming in they there, do. anyways. Or that's yeah, Santa Maria has their own management team. Um, everything that I've heard, I haven't been involved in any of that, but yeah. um, I left in uh, June of last year. Oh, okay, so okay. Um, so it's been a while then. 
while yeah. we're while we're on the topic of Silva Brewing, um, just kind of could you explain your role as administrator? Like, what do you do within the sure. brewery? Sure. So I do the accounting, um, and I do compliance reporting, and I do sales logistics, and I do a little bit of everything. So basically, it's other duties as assigned is probably my biggest job description. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like as it's expanding, like you know, just kind of filling like as you're trying to find the people that may. Necess- or when you find your specific role and you have the other people to replace the other things you're doing, you're just kind of like filling in all the blanks. Right. So more, I would say more back of house type management. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my specialty is I don't need to be the person, uh, the flagship of the company out there talking. I mean, I'll gladly talk. And as you can tell, I talk a lot, but, <laughs> <laughs> to, but to everybody's benefit. Yeah. yeah. There I like, I like, taking care of stuff behind the scenes and, and making sure all the stuff works good so that Chuck can make fantastic beer. And, um, so yeah, my role is going to change. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's definitely going to be involve accounting. Um, it's probably bringing some more management as that role expands right now. I'm not on a full-time basis with them, but my hours have been increasing. And then, uh, at a certain point I'll, I'm, going on full-time with them and uh so we're still defining what that end role is going to be but uh, as it grows i mean the amount of accounting you need for breweries sometimes is kind of daunting um if you're doing it correctly right yeah and if you want to know how much your stuff i'm sure a lot of breweries just kind of wing it (laughs) i'd imagine well it's kind of funny i was listening to a radio show the other day and they they were they had what do you need to start a winery and they had all these team members they didn't have an accountant on there really what the hell yeah. Who, who's going to file the reports for you? Who's going to who's, who's going to do that? And that happens a lot with startups. Is they they're like ah, oh, counting the second thought. So then instead of spending a little money at the beginning, mm-hmm. when they finally bring one on, then they got to spend a lot of money because there's so much cleanup they have to, to do. do. All the backlogging. Uh, yeah. yeah. Lot, so um, you know that's what's nice with Silva is that there wasn't cleanup to do. Nice. So, um, that's pretty cool. No, it's kind of like it easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, that's all kind of the questions that I personally had, Matt. That's all the ones I had from the Facebook group. Thank you um, for talking about that. If we want, we can move into some more local news, some stuff that's going out here on the Central Coast. Um, one of the big things, again, I, upcoming by the time this releases, the Central Coast Craft Beer Week, something that the the Guild is, or at least advertising or sponsoring. Um, one event that was just released was from Hot Shots, the Billiards and... Uh, kind of restaurant, I guess. Pool, do they go by pool hall or hot shots? I, I don't know the full name. I know that you can get food. Oh, and it's play. a it's a family activity center, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We'll have to have Phil on here to explain exactly what it's called, so we know how to address it. In the address future. it in the like the correct <laughs> yeah. way. Uh, they have announced multiple events of like uh, tap takeovers. So Artifacts Brewing is coming in on. Um, March 24th, which is the same day as the festival. So if you want to go from Atascadero down to Pismo with a safe drive, you can get some more Artifacts Brewing. Dionysus Brewing is pouring on March 26th. Uh, Firestone is having a vintage barrel pour on March 28th. And then they are also having the Kentucky Breakfast Out from Founders Brewing release on March 30th. Um, out of all of those... I'm from like the Central Valley, and I, I've been hearing a lot of good things from Dionysus. So that would be kind of a so, those guys are great. Yeah, yeah. that seems like it'd be a fun one. 
I'm also super happy that none of these take place on a Tuesday because Tuesday I have to work super late. So potentially I could make <laughs> potentially I could make all of these, if not at least any of them. Um, well, and look for um, I think a lot of the breweries are going to try and do a Friday brewery event. At least that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, like the breweries in the south part of the guild are are definitely doing that Friday as a guild night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe we're doing that up in North County. Uh, I know Silva is going to do a cask release that day, which is the Yakima Express. It'll be on cask. Ooh. And then when we get to that beer, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But. I was going to say, depending, I don't want to, I don't want to rush anybody. So whenever everybody's ready, that's probably the next one. Sorry. I'm probably talking too much. And not <laughs> no, drinking again, fast enough. again, take your time. Uh, like, we, we're we're, I don't know your Good. schedule, but like you're, we're in no rush here. Like this is a very good beer. Like I don't want to force anyone. Yeah, this to drink. is great. Seriously. It's really nice of Mike to send this. So it's exactly. Great. Happy stuff. Yes, if you go to the festival, thank Casa Agria by going into their line and trying their beer. <laughs> Try everyone's beer. But I did want to mention one thing about the festival is um, oh, for anyone who has a significant other or friend or pal that's in their group that isn't a beer drinker, we've got all kinds of wine. That's cider. correct. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that so, was something that there's uh, a six wineries and four cideries. I remember. Yeah, we just we added a seventh winery. Ooh, that's an could. interesting little so, twist to um, an event. <laughs> but I mean, we all all of us up here. Well, not all. I'm saying all of us, but most of us like wine too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've got some some really cool wineries that are coming. And I mean, we've got Dow. They don't you don't see them pouring at festivals. No, Dow's killer. Um, I love their. They're going to be there. Donati. Uh, Serrano, which is uh, our, our friends uh, Sarah and Bryce, um, and they were part of Rabbit. They've been part of Rabbit Ridge uh, before, or still. And then who else? We got uh, Pomar Junction and uh, Tablas Creek and Kelsey C Canyon and Bodega de Edgar, which he had. A, they had a write up on him in the local papers not too long ago. So just kind of cool stuff. And then cideries, we've got uh, Tin City Cider, Bristol's Cider. Bristol's a big supporter of City of Tascadero. They've got their tasting room there. Yeah. And they're affiliated with Loma Drone Winery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Two Broads, which is down here in Slow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mission Trail Cider. Right. So just cool stuff. We got a whole bunch of food, too. Now, food is for purchase unless you have a VIP ticket. There's a, a food bite pairing during VIP, which Loschel's Catering is doing. Um, they're, they're pairing up, so they're going to have Yakima Express will be paired with Morro Bay Oysters with a, a sour orange wow, we're going, we're going okay. classy with this. Yeah, yeah. and then, <laughs> then uh, General Schwartz Black Lager from Central Coast Brewing. That's going to be paired with a pulled pork bruschetta. And then, now I'm hungry. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, there, there's a sour that's coming from Barrel House. Uh, I didn't get the name on it yet, but uh, it's going to be paired with a prosciutto tostada with whipped blue cheese and caramelized onions. Oh man! So that sounds really great. Well, uh, keep in mind those are VIP, bites. Is there any VIP tickets keep, still available? No, there's no. not. <laughs> I tried. Not. They're already Sorry. sold out, aren't they? Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> we sold those out. Those sold out end of January, so those sold out pretty quick. But uh, well, deservingly, like that's that's just us for sitting on it. And that's going to be kind of cool. So at that VIP sex- session. Only going to be 200 attendees at that part. And oh, then at one o'clock, yeah. a thousand more of your best friends are coming. Yeah. Oh, this so, is the uh, yeah, early the entry swarm. 12 to 1 type yeah. of thing. It's, it's still, you know, that park, you forget how big it is. And we went down, uh, Nicole and I went down to see the Tamale Festival. Mm-hmm. And I had like 3,000 some odd people there. And it it was pretty packed, but 
um, I think it looked a lot more crowded because the streets got crowded up because of the way the the booths were set up. Mm-hmm. Whereas ours aren't going to be on. You're not going to be walking on the streets. Everything's facing in. So you'll be on the sidewalk. There'll be lots of open area. There'll be some cornhole. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good idea, actually. The way you're going to lay it out, it sounds like. Yeah, I like that. It's good. It's just lots of open space. Yeah. So and plenty of porta potties. Good, good, good. <laughs> we got we, you know two key factors on brew festivals besides having good beer is uh, you got to have enough ice. Yes. Because any beer festival that runs out of ice, you're doing it wrong. And then two, you got to have plenty of porta potties because. Yeah. Yep. It's just a big deal. <laughs> if you've ever been one. to a festival with not enough, <laughs> yeah, oh, the for the porta potty in there. For the, the beer. Yeah, yeah, like after about an hour or two, everyone's in line for the porta potty. It was kind of. Uh, I don't know if you ever went to the Bilton Beer Festival, but I, I think the first year there, I ran into that problem. Oh, where it was a, it was a little jammed up. It's yeah. I um, I mean, even some, even sometimes you could have a bunch. I mean, just you just never know. But I went to uh, Drake's Hot Apocalypse release a couple years ago, and they probably had about. 12 to 18 porta potties, which you think sounds like a good amount. And that line was going back toward the entrance was just to get into a porta potty. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you, I don't, it's one of the things too is you, you could probably prepare as much, but get as many porta potties as you can. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you never have too many. Yeah. Well, I, I did one festival, but that was okay. People talked about that for probably six months after the event. They're like, the porta potties were so clean the whole time. I couldn't believe it. Oh my well, God. Well, some of these porta, I mean, now we're talking about toilets, but yeah. <laughs> some of these porta potties nowadays are awesome. Oh like, yeah. The ones over at Tappet that they had on those oh, trailers. Yeah, those, those are, are great. Top yeah. Notch. That's uh, those are fun. They had those at uh, Saver too, when they were still doing that. And it was, which was really cool was it was like 110 degrees outside, something like that. And, so the coolest place. Was yeah, I just want to hang out in the body. I want to hang out in the porta potty. Let me in. I need some cold air. <laughs> I don't oh. care what you're doing in there. <laughs> just turn the fan on. Still <laughs> uh, up here. Um, let's see. Let's what's some other interesting things that are going on in the world of craft beer. Uh, so this is not meant to get political, but I feel like since it does affect this world, it could be an interesting topic is that there is now going to be a 10% tariff on aluminum, which anyone who knows craft beer, a lot of it is served in either cans or now crowlers, and how that could affect possibly profits and how craft beer breweries um, operate. Uh, I was reading a couple articles on this. Um, I think it was from like CNN Finance, where there were a couple, uh, none, like, none listed, I think, specifically, but... There were people in the brewing industry who did feel that this was going to come as a big hit because, you know, some of the more smaller mom and pop places were this is just extra money that they have to eat because because breweries themselves aren't necessarily like profit driven corporations. They're more for the passion. They're more for the art that is craft beer. And now they're having to eat more of their profits to now take on this tariff. uh, Maybe the age of the can is going to be gone now going back to glass. But I mean, is that? I don't think that's going to happen. Of nah. course, no. <laughs> no, I was going to say because yeah. I feel <laughs> something to think about too is just with that that big tax thing that was passed. Um, they cut for breweries under certain volumes. They cut their uh, TTB federal excise tax in half. So you went mm-hmm. from seven dollars oh, a barrel true, huh? to three fifty a barrel. Okay. Now I forget when it expires. It's, it's supposed to last at least a couple of years. But it was kind of funny. It's like, oh hey. Here you go. We're giving you some money back, and now they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we need that money back. We're gonna just get it this way." <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I think the tariff too is on stainless, right? Right. Uh, imported, it was, it was, uh, imported uh, which, 
So There's stainless steel and aluminum and yeah, as, as far as I can gather up, it was like aluminum and then people are going on like uh, MSNB or, or they're going on like the, the, the business shows and talking about like, it's not going to be that much for your can of soda, or your can of beer. It's just going to be an extra three to five cents. I was trying to do some accent because the guy I saw had some weird accent, but um, yeah, it was just, it's kind of like every, everything, every single can, I mean, like they, they play it off as a small number, but you were, you don't know how many cans. Oh, when you have to order a thousand cans. Yeah. Kind of, well, kind of like CRV. So, um, yeah. Oh, five cents. Oh, that doesn't sound five or 10 cents. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, if it's hundreds of thousands of them from each mm-hmm. place, I mean, that's, that's insane. Um, California also charges, in addition to that tax that the consumer gets, they charge a manufacturing container fee. Mm. So for every glass bottle or can that you produce, uh, that you fill and you go out there and sell, you got to pay like a portion of a cent on each of those cans to the state. And then, you know, if you're a smaller organization, if you're under, if you're probably under like 10,000 barrels, it's really not that much money. But the amount of time it takes for the record keeping on that is just, a, you, you spend more on record keeping than the actual thing. Right. The actual amount of money you send. Yeah. So keep that in mind. If you know, for some reason your local favorite beer goes up like five cents, know that it's not them <laughs> trying to draw more money out of you. It's just them trying to stay afloat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it'd be the can supplier changing their prices more than anything. Um, True, you know, but then yeah. you got to buy from the can supplier, yeah, and then that's then more money out of them. The I mean, someone's got to tack on a fuel surcharge or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they could just start getting their steel from American sources. Uh, I mean, instead. that could be a possibility. I I'm not knowledgeable on that industry at all, so I cannot determine how well that will be affected. Yeah, yeah, I uh, think that's what they're saying. It that's what they're using as their public statement is, "Hey, we should make American." Which, if that actually happens, great. Uh, but the reality of it is, do you think it would have been better know. to go with something like a like a tax break for American companies over a tariff for imported? Oh God, you know metal? that just kind of gets really kind of crazy. Messy, yeah. And I have to say that I, I've over the years my political pens have shifted a little bit just because the parties have shifted so weirdly. Both mm-hmm. of them, well, both, both of the big parties, both extremes at this point. Yeah, yeah. so I'm kind of more hanging towards the libertarian guys, like free yeah. market. Mm-hmm. Let me do my shit. Yeah, you I do feel yours. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. not, I'm still a little more pro military probably than they are, but, um, I love it when our beer mixes with politics, it usually goes that yeah. way. <laughs> like the beer is very much like a loot, like a, like a, lubricator. Uh, I would, I was going to avoid using that, but it's more of like a, a re- out of your mouth. release of the restraint of like the things you're not <laughs> you supposed go. to talk about. Um, while this is absolutely something we can talk about probably for ages, uh, I don't know if necessarily the listeners will want to listen to it. So we'll switch to something more serious. The new trend is glitter beer, gentlemen and lady. Uh, <laughs> Butterflies. <laughs> well, yes, uh, apparently this new video on Facebook is the trend is edible glitter in your beer. So it looks like you're drinking uni- unicorn piss. And but if, could you imagine trying to get glitter out of your fermentation or your bright tank or whatever? I, you know, for the next 20 years from, one, from one dose. You mean you don't want a glitter stout or a glitter anything, everything? Yeah, I want a glitter. I want a glitter. I don't want glitter yeah. anything. But if I did have a glitter beer, I don't want it to be in my stout next time. I just. Yeah, no. This is, no. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, so my question is, is <clears throat> glitter beer kind of like when you. When you eat beets, 
Right? Yeah, you get is a, there a you sparkly get, aftermath? Yeah, you get, <laughs> that would be kind of fun oh to see. God. Maybe they should start working on a like glow in the dark beer and see if you have a glow oh, in the dark aftermath. Kind of, you know, I that would, would be awesome. And I would drink out gl- camping and stuff. With glitter. And glitter and, and glow in the dark. See, so you had to ruin yeah. it there with the glitter. I was going to say, glow in the dark, that sounds fantastic. That seems like I'm very pro glow in the dark everything because I just, shit gets tough to find in the dark. But, Absolutely. Yeah. But, <laughs> Especially your beer, right? <laughs> Especially my beer. Yeah. No, that implies I ever put my beer down, Lee. Come on. <laughs> yeah, right. It's always uh, in my hand, ready to drink. Speaking of ready to drink, we uh, opened up the Yakima Express from Silver Brewing for to give it its shine. It is fantastic. Yeah, this is great. So Chuck uh, redid the recipe on this, and it, it's hitting like he wants it. And So it's an Imperial IPA. It's 9%. Um, I don't know if your people like to look at IBUs or not. It's 101 IBUs. Damn. Um, and in here, there's uh, Citra Hop. There's a cryo Simcoe hop and a cryo uh, Equinot hop. Are you familiar with the cryo hops? Have you? I mean, I think um, you're, not, you're not a brewer, but so I'm not a brewer. I I know that you put cryo on there, and it's going to cost a lot more. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Well, but, it's, supposedly it's it use half the amount because yeah, it's so compressed. So it's I guess like they, a powder almost. I think they freeze them and then shatter them, if I remember right. Um, Something like that. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a lot more intense. Yeah. flavor and aroma and and just qualities of it and so this i i had this the other day just uh we just put it on draft on friday for the public we had a little taster for ourselves on thursday mm-hmm. and just an incredible double ipa it does not drink like it's nine percent which i found out last night i'm discovering that uh, right <laughs> <now>. yeah <laughs> i yeah i only had two pints of it but um i probably shouldn't have had the the champagne afterwards um <laughs> But uh, just super tasty, and everyone's super excited about it. It's great. And then during Beer Week, that uh, Beer Week event we're doing at the brewery on mm-hmm. the 30th, which is a Friday, uh, we're going to have this same beer on cask. Yeah. So, Can you explain to the listeners what a um, cask or serving it on cask will do to the beer? So it's um, it changes the carbonation level. So it's also cask is basically kind of synonymous with the real ale type of thing. So instead of being driven by CO2, it's driven by air. So you, you put your beer into your cask. Um, usually the carbonation levels are lower. You get a different flavor of things. Um, and, you know, I think most people associate a cask with like a mild or a bitter, maybe even a stout. A lot of those and, English beers. Yeah. And if, if you've ever been down to the Real Ale Festival in Carlsbad at Pizza Port down there, mm-hmm. and everything is cask beers. And the IPAs on cask just... Are brilliant. It just brings a whole new, uh, uh, not concept, but a whole different Dimension. side of it. Dimension. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's did, the word. did you happen to go to Caskmas at the Libertine? I did not. I missed that. So, so Chuck Silver was there, and he had he Hop Maniac in yeah. that with, and he had dosed it in the cask with, I, I forget the amount, something like five ounces of, of uh, hops again. It was a huge amount, dude. It was insane. It was. It was, a, it was like an enamel eraser, basically, <laughs> <laughs> like. You just feel your teeth falling apart. Yeah. What are your favorite beers? Well, um, <laughs> kind of I like sour off. beers, and I like high IPA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yes, really huge sweet stouts. So, um, yeah, I'm basically a dentist nightmare. Or a dream, maybe. <laughs> dream. Um, <laughs> um, going back to something you were saying about this beer, you said it has 101 IBUs? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever actually seen like a beer that lists its IBUs that has that 
maybe not zero or five number or something like that. I mean, is that is I kind of know a little bit about IBUs, but is that something that was controlled to? Or so, just- um, I think it was put out there. So, and you can see information on this on our Facebook page, but right. it was put out there just because we have a lot of people ask. A lot of people right. are that IBU number is their big concern. Um, I, Chuck could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, Chuck doesn't brew to get to a certain IBU. It's he brews that flavor, and then this is just more of a passing on that information. Um, me personally, I don't look at the IBU things because it's like, do I like it or do I not like it? Yeah. And I don't care what it says. Right. right I just right. want to drink it. And plus, like a couple things that I've come across is it could list crazy amounts of IBUs, but depending on the malt and everything else put in with it, that can like subdue it. So you can't. Right. It, IBUs it's are an, very it's, theoretical. It's, sometimes it's a with. number. Sometimes it's an indicator. And then they also say that you can't, your palate can't recognize yes. over a hundred IBUs anyway. So this is right at the threshold of where you're not supposed to be able to tell any difference. Yeah. Yeah, you guys uh, won't know if it's one IBU it off, right? Is it 101 <laughs> or 120? And at that at that height of a number, it doesn't really matter. But I like I'm pretty sure all my like notice of this stuff went away when I was younger. And one of the first crazy hoppy beers I ever had was Palette Wrecker. Mm-hmm. Le- oh, legitimately yeah. did that, and I now everything I'm like this tastes like a thing. <laughs> this tastes like a beer. <laughs> um, I think I saw it on the social media pages a couple days ago. Chuck is finally starting to bottle the beers, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. I ever since I like kind of knew Silver Brewing Co. was coming up and checking out the website, I have loved the design of the bottles that he has planned on. Those using. are pretty awesome. I, they're so different than what I've ever seen, and they're still seven hundred and fifty milliliters or they... five hundred milliliters. Okay, so they're five hundred milliliters, so, which is a cool size. Yeah, and um, also, uh, I don't know if this will be out in times. So if not, then at least you guys will know. Um, is you can get Yakima Express in bottles on the 16th of March Ooh, at the brewery. 16th of March. Okay. Yeah. So I'll release this the 17th so I have a day to go and <laughs> yeah. before everybody else. You just, just release it the 16th after 7 p.m. Yeah. Then- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you can get it. Uh, is this the first bottle release? Or Yeah, it's yeah. our first bottle release. Congratulations, so, you guys. Seriously, that's fantastic. It's awesome. We're, we have some more bottle releases that will be coming up. I, and I think you're going to be pretty impressed with some of the beer. It's, I mean, overall, I really like Silva beer. Not just because I work there. Because mm-hmm. I like to drink that beer. But um, the bottle releases that are coming up, let's just say they're going to be cool. That's awesome. awesome. They're going to be cool. Um, actually, okay. So kind of talking about with bottle releases and stuff like that, I had a thought. And if not, we completely just blow by it. With when it comes to the um, festival, going back to the festival a bit, is there going to be something for the attendees? Like, is there going to be kind of like a, a best of the festival thing, or maybe is that something like wait a couple of years and then try and we're, add that in? We're going to wait. This is a like I mentioned before. This festival is a lot of work. So yeah, um, and we've been working on it full bore since August, um, and so. We looked at some stuff that was out there with some of the uh, the chips and stuff on judging things and paper slips. And it's for this first year, we want to just keep it simple so that less chance of something fucking Get up. Get people used to it. Yeah. Then- right. And so, again, it's that the friend raiser sense. So we're getting a whole bunch of crazy like people to term. come in here. <laughs> yeah. it is, yeah. It's a great term. That's yeah. one of my nonprofit terms I learned. It's friend like, raiser. So, you know, this is an actual term? It. It's that, a, something I've heard a lot in the nonprofit okay. circles. Uh, yeah. and, and so that's what you're doing. You're, it's more about awareness and, and getting people involved mm-hmm. than it is about raising money. Because 
if you look at a nonprofit and the guild is a nonprofit, so we are tax deductible donations. Yeah. So. I, I actually work, <laughs> I actually work full time for a nonprofit too. So I kind of like know all this. Okay. So, um, part, you can't always just ask for money. Number one, because after a while you don't get any money. Right, right, right. Uh, but number two is you want to create long-term associations with people. And part of that is building relationships with them. And building relationships means in a relationship there's, there's give and take. And so that's how you become successful and you get people involved. It's something you've seen in, like, for instance, San Diego Brewers Guild. Mm-hmm. They've got a huge following. Um, and we can hope that we can get that large and we get that grassroots support. They have actual memberships in their guild for just people who are beer aficionados, um, which may be something that we'll get to, but first we need to build some associate memberships. Yeah. And get those restaurants yeah. and bars involved. And, and that's some consistency. That's with what's the... going to make beer week in the future. So great is once you start getting those bars in and, you know, I've noticed in the past that, so, and maybe you can correct me on this, but there was, it's been a lot of confusion with beer week and slow beer week and central coast beer week. And it seems like for the last, you know, two or three years, there's been these different beer weeks and they're different times and they're different ideas. And there's the slow beer beer week and there's like a craft beer week. And it's been really kind of all over the place. So none of those were the guild or I'm going to try and I'll make sure I don't, or I'll try not to step on any toes or it was really confusing for a while there. Anything like that. Um, (laughs) So uh, central coast beer week, which is, the March 23rd through April 1st. Mm-hmm. That is the guild's that's the sponsored o- beer week. That's the quote official. That's beer the week. official guild <clears throat> beer week. Okay. Um, beer week. There's a beer week that's like American craft beer week. Uh-huh. Um, I'm pretty sure the state probably has a beer week. Slow beer week, which happened in 2016 for one time and one time only, mm-hmm. was uh, something that the city of Slow was involved in. And was trying to promote slow. So, um, guild members that were in slow were able, were allowed to participate in that. And if you weren't in the city of slow, then you weren't allowed to participate. So it did create a little bit of friction with with guild members because it's yeah. like, wait a minute, we're all in that. slow county, and really we should be promoting the area's region. Um, and there were some breweries from out of the area too in that. As well, which I found interesting. Yeah, and that that kind of happens because, uh, and that's your other beer week that happens that you see promoted locally, but doesn't have any local beers. But it's a celebration of beer, so it, I mean, yeah, it's it great is. to you have, have to, locals, but you want to have a lot as well. So even with the, the like our festival, typically if you go to a Brewers Guild festival, it's only guild members. There's no outside members, and. Part of the reason we brought in the outside members was to, for the benefit of the people who are local, mm-hmm. who at any point they can go to any of the local breweries and taste it, give them something. And then the other part is it's a it's a it's great for name recognition. It's great just to get oh, people together. And plus, the guys you're bringing in are are ones that people would try to seek out typically. Yeah, so. and these are all people. If we go to like you know if we go to GABF or CBC uh, or CC the craft beer. California Craft Beer Association. We're at those events. We're hanging out with them. We're drinking beer with them. We're shooting the shit. We're complaining about the same things probably and mm-hmm. um, all that. So it's it's cool. But yeah, so the one of the beer weeks is probably more distributor driven. And that's the one where you see a lot of the outside breweries. Uh, gotcha. But you still see great craft breweries through there. And then yeah. 
like I said, the slow craft beer week was the city of slow had attempted to do something. Um, I don't think it turned out the way they wanted to. I don't know if we're going to see it come back in some other iteration. Well, you'd think if I was working for the city of slow, the first place I would go to do a, a craft beer week would be to the guild. And say, yeah. You would think that, you know, uh, and <laughs> how should we I'll do leave, this guys? I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll say one other thing about it and then I'll shut up is that <laughs> the way most of the guild members found out about it was they happened to see an event pop up for slow beer week on Facebook. Wow. Uh -huh. So, um, how nice of them. That being yeah. said is that we all, all the breweries that were in slow, I was with Tap at the time. We all got behind it. Tap had, uh, grabbed a, the day before the official beer week started, we did an unofficial kickoff the beer week just because we were, <laughs> I remember that. I think, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that. that that's kind of cool. Like San Diego's beer week. I talk a lot about that because I was down there so long in that scene, but um, it, it starts now about Wednesday or Tuesday. So it's almost a two week thing. Holy so moly. all the unofficial events going on and. Oh, okay. Um, so that's eventually yeah. what's going to happen here is it'll, it's a beer week. That's going to be a week and a half. Yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now yeah. it's, uh, I think it's eight, 10 days, 10 days. Cool. Friday that's great. Through Sunday. That's yeah. Ends uh yeah. Dude, that's ends um April, 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 April like. Fool's Day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great day to end a beer festival. So how did you guys um how do you pick the week? I mean, how do you guys say, Oh, I think this is the week we're gonna do it so on? So the that week has kind of been there. Part of the reason I think is because of anniversaries. Which, by the way, well quick thank you to uh the guys at Central Coast Brewing for moving their anniversary ahead to accommodate uh, our, our craft beer fest that that was very awesome of them yeah it was we were at the um anniversary last night the 20th anniversary and it was packed oh my so, god it looked good people been, people waiting outside in the rain just to like yeah, get in it would have been a few Sweet. hundred people less at the uh festival there <laughs> yeah and, and um also uh 927 beer which used to be cambria beer company mm -hmm. their anniversary is is during beer week and course Dunbar at Chris Chambers I mm -hmm. mean the guy who's been around forever in the beer scene here um his anniversary is that same week so that's kind of how it started was there's a lot of anniversaries during that week and I think that's where the history came from on the on the beer so week. if you want to open a brewery you need to open a brewery at the beginning of the craft beer week <laughs> yeah just so you can make if you sure want a successful the, brewery yeah it has to be so here's the rule yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that's gonna be Lee's plan for when he opens up his. Yeah, there you go. Let me know when you want your business plan. I'll help you. I'll, yeah, I'll be happy. Um, <laughs> oh, don't tempt him. Oh my gosh, I won't have a co-host. I have to do this by myself. Oh no, no, he'll have to do that to help promote his brand. Oh, exactly. Yeah, he just won't have time to do it. Yeah, we'll have to do he'll have to be like interviewing uh, right in front of the system. You'll be on the brew deck. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be. Hold on, I gotta in. dump these things in there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'll probably be mashing out because I won't have a fancy arm to do it for me. There you go. <laughs> Well, and two with that with the beer week is, um, you know, you got to look at what else is going on. So, like this year, we're we got Easter on one side, and we got St. Patty's Day on the other. It's like, whoa, yeah, um, whoa, shit, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> so, and then um, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, we'll have to find out what we're going to do for beer week next year. It'll probably be around that same time. It's going to be. We typically try to oh, hit so it around not, the end of March. Okay, so it's not going to be the same dates every year then. It's going to fluctuate, but, you know, be the... It's going to be in that last week or two of March. Okay. So and then do you kind of look at other beer weeks around, you know, San Francisco, absolutely. LA, San Diego areas and kind of... Yeah, you don't want to conflict with that. Or, yeah. 
Not at all, because uh, if you're gonna want those breweries to show up to, if you want them to show up, and if you want people to attend, especially like, um, you know, when I was at Tappan, we were, we had to postpone our anniversary last year because of bad weather. So we're looking where are we gonna put it, and we're like looking at dates, like oh shit, there's this event here, there's this event here. Mm-hmm. We're at a lot of those events, and we're trying to get you know you want to get your distributors in from out of town for those things and and all that. So it's it's a lot of things to think about. So we'll probably. Next board meeting, we'll probably bring up uh, what are we going to set for beer week dates and festival dates and such. Cool. Okay. Cool, cool. And then, um, all right, last story that I had from, you know, like news or, or like outside the Central Coast. Uh, I was talking to Leah about these yesterday and I just thought it was goofy, but I definitely feel like I know these people or it's, it's more of like a PSA of like, don't be a dick. Uh, <laughs> this is from Paste Magazine. It was talking about the the barrel aged in imperial german chocolate or german cupcake stout release and how they were um had a little bit of a, a trouble tea, like some trouble with the event how people were paying homeless individuals oh, in tampa yeah, bay or like where around the brewery to sit and wait in line for them so they can like mule them and like get get uh. to the spot people would get bottles and then go to the parking lot and then try and sell the bottles for eight, like resell them for eight times the price wow and uh, I'm paraphrasing this quote, but I love this quote because being like being a, a fan or being in this kind of like uh, this lifestyle, uh, I thought it was really fitting for some of the people that we come across is the problem was exacerbated by the fact that the event took place during Tampa Bay Beer Week, which attracts a large number of beer tourists, some of which are real assholes. <laughs> and it was just so like that is the perfect yeah and it just it's kind of those i i don't know like I, i'm still young i'm still youngish like i'm still kind of naive when it comes to how how to like go get about getting the beers that you want like mm-hmm. being patient realizing that <laughs> if they're popular they'll probably be keep released year after year and i'll eventually get to try them. Well, and how much do you want to spend on the secondary market exactly and i have i have fallen victim to the secondary market i'm not afraid to admit but it's it's just kind of it's really troublesome when you find i i know in every sort of kind of like group you're always going to have those bad apples you're going to have those people who like ruin it for everybody else but it just kind of sucks hearing these stories of like these people who want this beer so badly that they're willing to basically well i think screw maybe, over the brewery i think maybe it's a bad idea to have a, a bottle of release during a beer week because all those guys who are coming to visit they're going to want to be out playing around going to all the events right they don't want to be stuck in line waiting for this beer pickup to i mean it's, yeah. that's true so but at the same time it's like it makes the, sense to pay well, a homeless you know guy you're going to get rid of the bottles so that's you're going to sell them yeah if, if, so if that's, that's your goal that's, that's one thing but, yeah, but um it you know kind of you kind of screw over your locals the people who are in your brewery each week right. buying beer from you and supporting you Granted, those people from out of town are buying your stuff in other other places, mm-hmm. but you know it's always good to take care of your locals. Uh, my local pub that was down in San Marcos in North County, San Diego, like when Pliny the Younger would come in, this is once it became old. Everybody's right. like, "Oh, gotta get it." <laughs> Which is, it's a great beer. It's always been a great beer, but I like it. I liked it better when I could just go into Stone and Escondido and have like two pints and not. Be in a line or anyone even know what the hell it was. They're like, oh, yeah. I like Elder. I'm like, okay. Fine. <laughs> I'll drink I'll this one. I, yeah. I think one time I drank like a whole sixth of myself during, not at one sitting, but over like three days. <laughs> I retract my whistle. Right, I, think gonna, I think we know what his binge beer is going to be. Uh, so, 
<laughs> but um, that's why we don't put it. Yeah, <laughs> make it yeah. easy for. Him. We can't give him a six to live younger. <laughs> Sorry, it is a wow. That would oh, that would probably be my binge beer. <laughs> I wouldn't want to waste that. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. That. But uh, it it is crazy just on the bottle releases if you're on the brewery side, and sometimes uh, one brewery I was with a while back that shall remain nameless. Um, we did a bottle release, and it was the "What if you did a bottle release and no one came?" Oh, so we man. set it up How based on experience that I'd had at Lost Abbey bottle releases, and that I'd seen at other breweries, and we had a pretty good following. But the problem with that brewery was their following was more of a neighborhood following that were like, "Hey, it's great! This brewery is in our neighborhood," and mm-hmm. so they were busy that way. But they didn't have a lot of beer geeks, and they they had to educate them. And we're even seeing that here. We're, we need some more education because the focus has been so much on wine in the Central Coast that people are like, oh, yeah, beer. Yeah. 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 But it's, it, and it's not becoming a secondary any longer. No. And it's stepping it up be. the game and the cider's coming up and distilleries are coming up. And it's just a, it's a awesome scene to be in right now. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that I'm working in it and, and seeing it happen. It, it's super cool. But, yeah, definitely education. Um, I know when we first moved up here, we, we discovered lots of out-of-code beer. It's like, why is this? What? And people didn't know. People, it's like, you know, you give something back to the bar, and they're like, "What's this for?" Yeah. Well, your lines are dirty. I don't. I'm not drinking this. Yeah. This oh, tastes yeah. fine. This is what it always tastes. I go, yeah. When was the last time you cleaned your lines? Um, <laughs> I think uh, the Central Coast has always been a little bit behind the curve, and it is, and that's well, good. You know, in some ways. Yeah, but I like it like that. We gotta, we gotta step up our our game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's happening now. And that's a benefit of, going back to what I said earlier, a benefit of the guild is that uh, you start to step up your game and people interact. And so brewers with less experience get to talk to brewers with more experience so they can trade stories and, and secrets and not secrets. They can trade. <laughs> Just like they can trade uh, things that they know. Tech, yeah, tech <laughs> no, uh, known unknowns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, you know, one thing that I think is pretty cool that Central Coast Brewing does is they do pre-sale for all their mm-hmm. uh, releases. That is awesome. And, and I've uh, seen a lot of other breweries starting to jump on ship with that as well. Do they? I forget what software they use for that. They, they go through Eventbrite. Eventbrite, yeah. Good. That's, right now, that's my favorite event management software because mm-hmm. it's so clean and it's so big, it doesn't crash. Yeah. You haven't... Look around and, you know, all the crazy things when they do bottle releases or they do ticket sales for something... Eventbrite doesn't crash. Now I said that and probably crash now. But, uh, that's <laughs> well, what I was gonna say. I think Bottle Logic just did their new release on Eventbrite, so possibly could have crashed. But that was like two hours ago. <laughs> that was the know. hard test. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we don't know. It's you know the. Schroeder's I think that's gonna be a good doesn't, way to start um, doing releases, though. Doesn't Firestone do the Firestone Walker Invitational on Eventbrite? They do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't crash, but it immediately no. goes from they not can, on sale to not available in five and seconds. By the way, Nicole scored tickets for that. So awesome. She's she's going. I'm not. I'm working. Um, you need a date. <laughs> which is cool, though. It's nice. Work, when you get to work and you have these big festivals or conventions in town and you're nearby, it's awesome because you get to meet all the brewers coming in and all the other cool people. And Yeah, one of my fantasies to, is to hang out at the uh, brewer's campground for the weekend there. I, I still want to do that. Way, I just got to find a way to break into that oh. somehow. I went, I went last year for the first time, and I thought it was super cool to get in line to then be let in like 30 minutes so you can then like rush to get in a flood did you get the the vip tickets no did i did not get the vip tickets that's the best you part did, i, I know. know what your job is when you, you weren't get... working non-profit <laughs> <laughs> 
when you get general admission or when you get the early entry, it's awesome because you get to sit there and watch as the I herd, tried. They literally oh, yeah. run to I, all the whales. I told the story to him last time is that Brendan was literally had his phone like either like videoing us yeah. while we we're just waiting for it. And like everyone just sprinted to side project. <laughs> that's pretty that's why it's great to be with a brewery because so the first I've tried. Thing. No one will hire me. So the second, well, the second time we went, the second uh, Firestone Invitational, we went up with Lost Abbey Brewer passes. Cool man, and that was That's phenomenal. Be so so awesome. you're, we're like standing there, we're talking to some friends, and just you know before opening, and they go, oh, uh, gates open in ten minutes. You might want to go over and get some Dark Lord before they do. And, like, <laughs> and I hadn't even thought about it. It's like 105 already, and I'm like, like I don't really? know if I want to drink Dark Lord. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, it's going to be gone. I'm like. Right, so we meander over. There's there's no one at the table. Yeah, nothing. And you know, it's just and half the time you walk around beforehand, and there's no one even at their booth because they're out schmoozing with everyone. Yeah, it's like any beer fest. So we get those, and it's like, whoa, this is pretty big. And we're just standing over there sipping, and then the gates opened, and all hell <laughs> There's like zombies come and I'm rushing. Like going, you. These people are running. Yeah, they're they're literally running to get in line yeah. for. I can only imagine, Dark like, Lord. I just shoving and the I, elbows. I, I, I am the not the line there. I, I was, you know, yeah, I was, I was like, I, was, I have long legs. I'm like, huh, huh. like no, that's, I, I don't. Yeah. Well, you're a big guy too. You can just like power your way to the front, anyways. So. I don't think they'd accept that. I'd really think if I ever like you know try to power my way, it'd very much be like you need to leave. You just have to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> Make it look like an accident. It'll be okay. You're just oh. too nice. That's the problem. That's very you know, true. Like, well, that's what you say. <laughs> yeah. I was I was going to agree, but then that's agreeing with <laughs> being super nice. I don't okay, know. You're a jerk. Better. Thank you. Someone admits it finally. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, before we get going to our fun little game at the end, has anyone had anything interesting that they've drank recently? Like something that they want to give a shout out? Uh, I recently got a, a late gift for my uh, older brother because he's the one who got me in a beer, but he became gluten intolerant. Uh, so I was able to order some uh, superstition meadery at a uh, Prescott, Arizona, and that was delicious. I mean, there if if you like mead, you can order it online and have it shipped to you. Um, we did a we did a couple of them, but they they were absolutely fantastic and kind of blew me away. Speaking of online shipments, isn't there a code that they can use if they use Tavor? <laughs> That was going to be at the end. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, jumping the gun. You like to put your plug in there. Yeah, j- jumping the gun a little bit. Uh, if you, a lot of our beer on the show um, comes from Tavor, is an online kind of beer of the month club. But you get to pick and choose what beers you want. They have about two different, op- two to three different options per day, and you get to pick uh, how many you want up to a certain limit. And it's all flat rate shipping through recently listed Golden State Overnight. Um, if you want to order through Tavor, you can use the code Craft Beer Chronicles ten to save ten dollars on your first purchase of twenty five dollars or more. Uh, yeah, so that was their plug that Lee. Yeah, good job. Yeah, Lee, <laughs> Lee brought out early. I haven't uh, had any special beers lately, but I'm about to. Actually, ooh. Matt brought one the a, the Lost Abbey. I'll you talk about it. Actually, yeah, it's a 2012 yeah. Red Poppy. So, um, just a super nice sour beer, low alcohol, lots of fruit. Well, I don't know about the fruit now. It's been been a while, but uh, 
You know, I'm yeah, I'm still stuff. excited. Thank you for bringing this. Thank you for bringing the beers that you brought, hey, you man. Brought we kinda, yeah, I was going to say, we kind of ran through your beers more than the ones that we brought. It was... <laughs> we got time. That's very true. Yeah. You're, when you're, Brendan came last last uh, week or whatever, he brought his own cooler, and it was just stuffed uh, with the, growlers. The same yeah, cooler we're using cool. right now. <laughs> I, haven't, awesome. I, haven't, I haven't given it back. <laughs> Did you drink all the beer he out of it? He doesn't need it. He's got a whole Maybe. brewery that he can keep beer in right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, <laughs> at least I know where to go drop it off now. I'd be like, here's your damn cooler. I used yeah. it for the show. <laughs> You gotta leave yeah. some beer in it when you drop it off. Um, I had some uh, uh, some pretty good stuff when I was down at the last guild meeting that was end of February mm-hmm. in uh, Fig Mountain in Buellton. And so, if you, when you do guild meetings, you're allowed to do shares. The ABC has ordained us to share beer as brewers. So, um, is it just like a total party for the meetings, or is there some no, actual no, business just, that goes on? It's actually we try to get some business done, um, but it, it we do have a little mix and mingle at the beginning, and you know there's some chatting afterwards. And uh, so, uh, Captain Fatty's brought their uh, cucumber beer, which is I had never had that before. The Calypso. Yeah, is that the sour cucumber? Or, yeah, that's more we, of a cucumber goza kind yeah, of. Yeah, we actually talked about it on the last one because I thought that was their uh, GABF gold winning one. Um, it's it's not. It was, we uh, did we did get some of that though. You got the, you got to try the calliope? No, but we have I have some at home. Oh, the cucumber one? No, the calliope. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I, okay. So well, I'll bastard. be trying it very soon. <laughs> yeah, the, the cucumber one's great, and I've spotted it at the third base. You'd think I work for those guys, <laughs> but it's so cool, and they have. Just off topic, Cutwater Spirits. I love those guys. Those are the guys from uh, Ballast who went over and started their spirits company. Mm-hmm. And all their canned uh, beverages are in there. So, the highballs. The and, third base of uh, in Paso, I think there's another one in like Grover Beach. Yeah, there too. is. That's one of the few places like that has really crazy high level like, whiskey I've seen. Uh, they have yeah. Eagle Rare 17. They have like the George T's tag specialties, like they have all some that. Happy Van Winkle in there. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not paying five thousand dollars no, for whiskey, dude. No they have one <laughs> bottle. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm like, but is you it can even filled with whiskey, or is that just? <laughs> I trying to print that stuff. <laughs> I want to find some of that Japanese whiskey. That I keep hearing about a bunch of. Uh, they had some Japanese whiskey of some a, sort. A whiskey, yeah. Whiskey, oh, yeah. that's my. Oh yeah, I'm sure they have That's my favorite. Former dive bar that's high end dive bar now. Whiskey and gin. Yeah, whiskey dude, and gin. It oh. looks it looks super trashy. No, I just couldn't think of nice. a better word. But, I, I so, but it's not. It has awesome dude, whiskey so cool. selections, and they have they have good beer too. It has dark wood, and we uh, Nicole and I'll go, and we'll just have different whiskeys and rye and mixed cocktails, and then. But if I'm drinking rye, they have like a whistle pig sampler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. is like my favorite rye, and then I'll just get some Coors Banquet beer on draft. And exactly. Uh, if you like Whistle Pig, then that's my bad. I got some stuff too. in the kitchen for you after we're done here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, last year at Firestones from the Barrel, uh, I think I drank a pint of Whistle Pig. Wow. In addition Holy to everything else that I drank, shit. it was uh, I made good friends with the Whistle Pig people, and so um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> This, right. this uh, Lost Abbey is awesome. No, this Red Poppy is fantastic. It oh, is. yeah. It's, it's gone. It's uh, done really well. It's not super high carbonation because it's cold, mm-hmm. but um, the flavor is, is great. It's Some dark cherry still in there. Sartan, yeah, and super sour, but it hasn't gone over to that acetone yet. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not hopefully, like- well, now it never will because we're taking care of that problem. <laughs> Anybody else who still has this bottle, like, know it's good to open it up now. Yeah, go for it. All right. Um, 
let's see. I'm trying to think because we're getting towards the end. Uh, I'm trying to think of three. What's what's due for for binge bong bail? Do I want to? Well, you know, I don't know because you you talked about the pale the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale earlier being one of those beers that kind of cracked his head open. I want to be. I'm wondering if I want to be a dick and just choose three Silva Brewing, like three from his work <laughs> that he then has to on air say that's one of which he wants to dump. That's my only. But I think evil, that's but... too. Yeah, I think that's too evil. Uh, <laughs> um. So I will. Yeah, we'll go with Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, the Saison Dupont that we had earlier, and then let's throw in this red poppy. So you have yeah, to binge. Like, I like that. Yeah, you have to binge, uh, which is two cases in a week. Um, probably need to change that. I don't know. That seems real specific. Bong, you have to beer bong a growler, and then bail. It's just like, hey, it's great you made it. I'm just going to pour it down the drain here. Oh, man. that That is a tough one. You kind of hurt me there. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> well, all right. So binge, I'm going to say Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Because that's just a solid, it's still a solid beer. And Sierra Nevada, these guys are still super cool and they're independent and they're nice people. They're people you look up to and go, hey, look, someone got big and didn't sell out and, and you'll wasn't still a dick. like it after two weeks of binging on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Bong, it, it's going to be Saison DuPont because that's super Ooh. drinkable, super crushable. I mean, in the summertime, that would Nicole be and I'll awesome. find that. And Could you imagine sitting just... on the back of a boat and just beer bonging an entire <laughs> Saison DuPont on the back of a party barge? You know, that might be something we can talk about in the summer. We might have to do some uh, we need to get a, some uh, stunts. <laughs> craft Beer Chronicle sponsored uh, yacht or uh, vessel. Uh, once, once we start doing video podcasts, we're going to make people live up to the bong one. We'll just have them ready. <laughs> yeah. Unless they bring in something like this. Or like, I mean, a growler bong. Maybe a 750 bong? No, got to make it. <laughs> It's Growler. tough. Okay. It's tough. We're not trying to make this yeah. easy. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I want, I, I'm want. i that kind of guy who sets a goal and wants to achieve it. So, <laughs> And I didn't say you have to keep it and all that down. Means, yeah. <laughs> and then that means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to bail on Red Poppy um, just because it's a fantastic beer, but I, I like it in small quantities because I want to keep my enamel on my teeth. I can see that. And I don't <laughs> want to have to eat like a jar full of Tums. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Imagine a binge of... Of uh, any sour beer, really. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, I Central Coast Sour Fest. That th- that's, that's what, awesome, right? I love how they had tums around the yes. uh, place yes. laid out for you. Listen, Lee, this is why I ask the questions. That's why I don't let them be asked to me. Like I'm, I'm just, I get to ask the hard questions and then laugh as people. Did we struggle. ever? Did, was there ever a bench bong bail for you? I, the very episode first episode, one or something? episode one, with like my friends when we just like, we're trying to figure out how the mic works. Yeah, well, well yeah. you weren't even there for like episode yeah, one. Episode right? episode one was like we were drinking and it like just happened because I'm like screw it, I can edit it from before the uh, the Central Coast Beer Festival or the Slow Beer Festival tomorrow. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> someone has opinions we can talk about. <laughs> but um, Matt, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I, we really appreciate it. We're really excited for the festival. We, by the sounds of it, you've put in a shit ton of hard work. Like we. I, I don't doubt at all that it's going to come to fruition, that it's going to be a fantastic festival. Yeah, so I'm thank you. Forward to that. Thanks for having me and letting me talk about it and ramble on about stuff. Oh, no, oh, absolutely. So. We, <laughs> absolutely, we absolutely love it. Uh, before we head off, is there any social media that you want to plug for the event, for yourself? Yeah, so let's plug for the event, centralcoastcraftbeerfest.com. That's our website. And then you can follow that. You can see that event and stuff on uh, Facebook on Central Coast Brewers Guild. And... Um, We'll leave it at that because and get your tickets. If if there's still tickets left, you'll be lucky. Yes. Yeah. Get your tickets if you can. Um 
Lee, do you have any social media you want to plug? Follow me on uh, Sammy Brews at Instagram and what's the other one? <laughs> I always forget. I, I thought it was Sammy Brews for everything. <laughs> it is, pretty much. Yeah, so Untapped. If you, know, if, if you can find me on Facebook, that's the only thing I actually use. So. <laughs> and then you can follow myself and the show at uh, BeerPope273 on Untapped. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the beer Pope, and then you can follow the show on, uh, follow the show craft beer Chronicles on Facebook. We have our own Facebook page. Uh, I'm going to be doing a new different logo for St. Patrick's day coming up. You can kind of guess what it's probably going to look for, look like, but stay tuned for that. Um, as always, uh, drink responsibly and cheers, everybody. Take cheers. care. Cheers.